Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the second book of Kings, that is Malachim Bays. We are in chapter 5, that is Perak Hay, and we are about to read verse 17. We left off at the point where Elisha had cured Naaman of his Torah, of his leprosy, by telling him to bathe in the Jordan River, and how by the fact of his lack of pomp and circumstance, the lack of spectacle, the lack of seeking and, and trying to squeeze as much honor and, and as much uh, fame and, and uh, as much, uh, uh, take as much credit as he possibly could, the fact that Elisha did not do that and the fact that Elisha uh, um, refused to take anything for it, refused to take any money, was trying to teach Naaman a lesson. And Naaman had learned that lesson, that there is no God other than the God that is in Israel. There is no other one. It's not just that he's more powerful, but this is something special. This is something different. This concept is something different. And one wonders also, and I I didn't make this point in the last podcast, remember that Naaman had a, a slave girl who was an Israelite captive who's the one who seemingly, selflessly recommended that he get this cure. So, uh, you know, one wonders how much um, Naaman is now starting to learn and recognize the kind of people that, he's, that he was messing with before. Remember, Naaman was, was responsible in some way, shape, or form, responsible for Aram's victory in battle against Israel. He's getting a sense that Israel has something special to offer, something different that the other gods don't offer the other gods with little g. So he comes to this recognition. He tries to get Elisha to accept his gifts, and Elisha absolutely refuses. So Vayomer Naaman, so Naaman said, Velo yutan na la'avdecha ma'asa temed piradim adama. Then at least let your servant be given a little bit of earth, a little bit of of, of land enough for uh, two mules to move, right? In other words, holy earth. Because your servant shall never worship and never bring sacrifices to any other god except for God of the God, God except for God with the capital G. So pre- presumably, he wanted to use that earth to build a. A um, an altar, okay. So um, the um, the the uh, it's, and and he understood that this that earth and he and he was you know working under the assumption that earth from here from this land from Israel, where people as holy as as Elisha resided, that earth would be worthwhile to take and make out of that an altar to to God. La dover However, there is something that this following thing I do want to ask. May God forgive your servant. May God forgive me, in other words. When, when uh, my master, meaning the king of Aram, <coughs> goes to the house of Rimon, the temple of Rimon. Rimon is the god of Aram, is the, is the pagan god of Aram. <coughs> when he goes to bow to his god Aram, and I, as his top general, 
he will be leaning on my hand. And, and I, I will have to bow, right? I'm going to be putting myself in danger. I will have to bow in the house of Rimon. And when I bow to Beit Rimon in the house of Rimon, May God forgive your servant when I do this. In other words, I'm not doing this because I actually want to worship Rimon, but I don't have a choice. I'm going to be stuck. So here we see, this is just fascinating because Think about all of the times when the when people that believed in God, people that were faithful to God, Jews throughout history, had to sacrifice themselves in order, in other words, had to give sacrifice sometimes their actual lives, but certainly sacrifice their position, sacrifice money in order to be faithful to God. How many times were we pushed to, but Naaman was, had had pretty whether he, he actually converted to Judaism or not is not is not relevant that much at this point, but he certainly converted to the true belief in God. But he wasn't yet ready to to forgo his position and risk death, right? Or at least for sure, at least risk getting demoted, right? By by making a public spectacle out of this. He knew and understood he was going to go back to this world. So he, he, he came a long way, but not quite far enough to really put himself out there and, and, and for God. And exactly, you know, why this is is hard to know or understand, but one can imagine. He's like, I just came to this new belief. I can't change so dramatically and so completely and so quickly, you know, and go back. You know, I, I need to keep on, I hold on to my position. I need to hold on to my life. And Elisha, interestingly, doesn't really answer him. He says, Go in peace. In other words, I understand. I get it. I'm not going to hold it against you. I understand that is where you're at, right? You can go in peace. A lot of literature has been written over whether or not a person who's not actually um, a member of the covenant of God, a member of the people that you know of the Jewish people who have signed who have signed so to speak a covenant with God whether they even if they come to the true belief are they obligated to give their lives for that are they obligated in the famous uh, mitzvah the commandment of kiddush Hashem sanctification of God's name from here it would might seem to indicate that one is not but it, at on the surface level what this indicates is that Elisha understands where Naaman is coming from he gets it that's where you're at go in peace you came a lot farther than you were before. So <laughs> So he went from him a certain distance, a kivrasaretz, which is a measure of land. So he went a couple miles away. So he went, he started heading back towards Aram. Uh, you, know, you know, a certain measure. Okay, so now we have Naaman, and Elisha has now at least seems to have successfully demonstrated to a person who is very high up in in power in Aram, right? The specialness, the the uniqueness of the one God of Israel and that Israel has and contains and has something to teach others. This is the beginning of really redemption itself, right? That Israel itself has a lesson to teach the world. Imagine if this stuck Right, maybe Aram would not have 
further went and attacked Israel later on, which we're going to find. Maybe that message would have started to be spread. Some seeds would have been planted, right? The seeds of the message that Israel is supposed to bring to the world could have been planted. However, that's not what happened as we're about to read right now. Everything failed because of what we're about to read, because of greed. Vayomer Gechazi, and Gechazi, who's Nar Elisha, who is the servant, the uh, right-hand man. And we had him before, right? Uh, we've been introduced to Gechazi. Uh, he was, uh, was the right-hand, who was the servant of Elisha Yishalem, of Elisha the prophet of God. He said to his master, right? I'm sorry, he didn't say it, right? But this again, Vayomer, is similar to the, what we had in the first half. Vayomer is really, and he thought to himself, first of all, he thought that this Naaman is the Aramean. He's the enemy, right? And he just let him out, out right? He, 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 he let him off the hook. From taking from him that which he brought. Now think about it. How many times does this suspicion, right? Elisha went out of his way to heal and help the enemy general because and to teach him a lesson about what Israel has that's special in order so that he can share in that message of the truth of God, right? And bring about peace, kernels of peace that might have reverberated throughout history. And Gehazi refuses to let go of the enmity, refuses to let go of the anger, and refuses to think that maybe we can trust them. How many times can we imagine that this kind of thinking, that this kind of jealousy, that this kind of anger, that this kind of small-mindedness prevents peace from happening? When we constantly say, he's being so nice to this enemy, he could have taken that money. Chai Adonai, as God lives and because I'm going to go and chase after him. I'm going to take some of that money. So here it's clearly greed leading Gehazi. It's greed and anger and refusal to step back and be patient and calm and think, well, maybe we can plant a seed of hope rather than continue this fighting. Uh, jealousy, anger, enmity, and selfishness and greed all wrapped into one. And Gehazi had the chutzpah, had the audacity to swear by God that he was going to never let this happen. And here goes one of history's most awful events. Once again, when the seeds of, of, um, of, of, of salvation are being planted, greed and selfishness and arrogance comes and tears it away and ruins it all. So what does Gehazi do? Gehazi went and ran and chased after Naaman. And Naaman sees that Gehazi is running. And he gets off of his chariot and he, and to greet him and says, Is everything okay? Hashalom? Is there peace? Is, things, is there something wrong? Like, why are you chasing after me? What's going on? And remember, Naaman was so impressed by Elisha because Elisha did not want money, right? That was the main part of the message. That's what impressed Naaman so much. Vayomer shalom Adoni, right? Everything is fine, my master. Shalachani leimar, I was sent to say as follows. Hine atoz zeh bo'u elai shnei na'arim meharef ra'em ibnei 
two of my people, right, came to me, two of my uh, young uh, students that are from the, the, pro the group of pro prophets, they happen to come from the land of Ephraim, Give them a little bit. You brought 10 talents of silver. Give them one talent of silver. You brought, uh, uh, you, you brought a whole bunch of changes of clothing. Give them two changes of clothing. Just a little bit. Because, you know, let me, uh, you, know, you know, I don't need everything, but a little bit. He made up a story, which is obviously a bunch of baloney, because we all know that he was going to keep this for all the, the, the wealth for himself. Right? And, um, you know, and he's saying it as if not to make Alicia look so bad, like I want it all, but and not to make it like Alicia wants it for himself, but I want it for some of my students. They're poor, they need it, give it to them. So Vayomer Naman, so Naman, of course, was generous, and Naman, you know, and Hoel Kach Kikoroyim. No, 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 don't take, take just two, one talent, take two talents of silver. Vayifrotzpo, and he urged him to take two. Vayotzar Kikrayim Kesef Bishnei. Charitim, and he um, <coughs> wrapped up two uh, talents of silver within two bags, bigadim, and two changes of the nice clothing. And he gave it to two of his servants who carried them out and gave them to Gechazi. So by, and, 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 and accompanied Gechazi back to town with this, this stuff. Right, so that uh, he can, you know, to carry it for them. By Yavola Ophel, they came to the Ophel, which generally means the. Um, since I see, it's often translated as a citadel. It's like a tower outside the town. You know, it's the area uh, right outside the town. And at that point, he took the goods, the silver and the clothing from these servants of Naaman. and he put them inside a house. So. He had a home, a little hut there outside the town or right at the entrance to the town. He didn't want to walk into the town with these things because he didn't want anybody to see them. He put it aside, presumably to come back and take it later and enjoy his newfound prize. And he sent them away and they went back. So now, um, Gehazi basically demonstrated to Naaman that the Jews, the people of Israel, are just as greedy as everybody else. And this prophet has just sent his student to take the goods. And the entire lesson, the wonderful lesson that led to the idea of monotheism went right down the tube. So he went and he, he went to his master. He went to Elisha. Because he went back to Elisha because he's a student. And Elisha said to him, Where are you coming from, Gechazi? Elisha obviously knew. Whether some would understand that he knew what had happened through, through Ruach HaKodesh, you know, through the holiness of his prophecy. But on a simple level, you know, these two guys were walking with silver and things that could easily have been many people that noticed what's going on here. And Elisha saw he had a guilty face. But he gives him an out. He says, Where are you coming from? In other words, you can still come clean, right? You can still come clean and admit what you did. However, Gechazi did not come clean. I didn't go anywhere. In other words, whatever. I just went back to my room. I didn't go, what, go somewhere. Me? Go? He probably was, you know, dirty from the road. He saw sweaty. 
but and but he's making obviously he's lying. Vayomer Elov, and he said to him, Elisha said to him, Lo libi halach kasher hafachish me'almer kaftolik rosecha. Do you think that my uh, spirit or my heart did not go along with you, right? When the man got down, right when he he, he turned around on the road and got down from his from his chariot to greet you. You think I don't know what happened when you went to meet Naaman? You think I don't have my spies? You think I don't know what's going on? What do you think I am? Stupid. Right? Is this now the time to go and take the money and take the clothing? And to go and take all that so that you can become a wealthy man and the symbol of wealth being and buy yourself nowadays it would be like to buy yourself a new a new uh, Lamborghini right here it's and to take it so you can buy clothing and olives and vineyards and sheep and cattle and and slaves and maidservants is this what you think is time to do right i had an opportunity to do something great here to do something special and all you're thinking about is money and getting rich vitsorat namon tidbak bkhom may vitsorat the leprosy that namon had May you have that, and in your children, forever. And Naaman walked out of their room full of leprosy, white as snow. The, um, the, um, the, uh, a fitting punishment for the deed that Gehazi did. And we're going to see very soon, war will break out between Aram and Israel. That's going to be uh, in, uh, soon in, in the upcoming chapters. And so that, that, that little bit that could have led to something special, something peaceful, something wonderful, led to nothing because, again, of arrogance, because of selfishness, and because of how Gehazi um, handled this situation so terribly. This concludes Chapter 5. Thank you so much for studying Chapter 5 together with me. Looking forward to studying Chapter 6 together. And the rest of this wonderful Book of Kings, have a wonderful day.